0: Hey y'all, we are Back to the Basket, a weekly NBA podcast where we discuss and dissect the best league in the entire universe. I'm your host, Wahaj, like always, and with me today is Kevin, a.k.a. Little Kev. What's good? Hello, world. And Richard, a.k.a. Richie Rich. What's happening? Hello, universe. So, we are right at the end of the NBA season And if anybody's listening to us for the first time, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you taking time off your busy schedule and listening to us. So it would really help if you can rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. We really appreciate it. To start off this episode, we're going to do a segment called Entry Pass. And Richard's going to break down
1: the news for us. So... Laid down. Yeah. So, entry pass is our weekly segment where I uh, provide you the latest in terms of injury updates, contract signings, or uh, front office moves in the NBA. So, uh, for this week, I'm going to start off in the East, where um, our two, our one and two seed, basically have some updates in terms of their injuries, which are sort of contributing to their overall playoff picture. So, I just want to start it off with the uh, one seed in the Milwaukee Bucks and uh, Nikola Mirotic. Um, is said to be sidelined for a couple of two to four weeks. Yeah, with an injury. So that I don't know. What do you guys think in, in terms of that? Because uh, I believe last week we we also announced Malcolm Brogdon would be out with a with an injury as well. So their sort of, um, you know, their sort of core is shrinking. And you know, for the playoffs, it's fine to sort of become a a, sh- a shallower team. But what do you guys? Think this does
2: for the team? It definitely hurts the team because um, Mirtich was the, the 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 piece that was moved to the starting lineup after uh, Malcolm Brogdon's injury. Mm-hmm. So this, uh, yeah, it does make the team a little bit more shallow, and we'll we'll have to see how long this uh, this injury really, you know, is gonna play out for. Two to four weeks is maybe pushing it into the playoffs. Um, they might need him.
0: Just a little side note Paul Gasol's also out for a month yes so. Uh, which is which has a bigger impact, Paul Gasol or Miritich. I mean, uh, who did they
2: trade four second round draft picks for? <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: Not Paul Gasol. <laughs> no, he
2: got bought out. <laughs> uh, there you go.
0: Hey, so first round, this is not going to have an impact. So if they're not back and fully healthy and playing uh, like they were playing prior to the injury by the second round, I think that's going to be an issue because second round Eastern Conference is where things get a little dicey. Yeah. And I think Bucks need, need they're going to need to be at full strength to go at either the Raptors or. Celtics uh, Celtics I don't know if they're going to be That'll right, be in the
1: sure. Eastern Conference Finals potentially Right? Yes. Well, so, well for those Third of round you, For those of you who support uh, playoff reform this is another argument for uh, incorporating buys into the into the playoffs
2: Or do a 16 yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say leave it the way it is <laughs> If it ain't broke don't fix okay. it <laughs> It's pretty okay. broke moving down,
1: moving down to the number, Just like CC. the bucks. Yeah wow. <laughs> Ouch. (laughs) Moving down to the number... touch his (laughs) ankle. Okay. Okay. Uh, So moving down to the number two seed, uh, point guard extraordinaire Kyle Lowry, um, has been day-to-day with his ankle ankle injury, but is... uh, After his MRI cleared him of any severe structural injuries, um, he is set to return um, within the next few days or sometime this week. All right. Uh, So this is uh, only... In entry pass, just for the fact that uh, the Raptors have shortened their sort of guard depth since trading Delon Wright and bringing Jeremy Lin in, who has been a sort of tenuous fit for them. But also, this is a team that has not had, uh, I'm sure Kevin will give me the exact numbers, but has not been fully healthy for, I I believe, any set of time within this season. Yeah,
2: Nick Nurse, uh, I believe, 21 different starting lineups throughout the season, second best seed in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Interesting, right? Especially with Kawhi only having played about 50 or so games. This team
1: is just too deep. Okay. Well, there you go. And then uh, now moving into the Western Conference, they're sort of out of the playoff picture, but I thought I'd mention that the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, they're sort of gutting themselves in, in this strange way. Jeff Teague is out. Um, so is Robert Covington for various medical reasons and Derek Rose was diagnosed with bone fragments and had a successful surgery this week to remove it. Um, well, Haj, you sort of mentioned something that, uh, Minnesota's sort of objective has shifted from really winning and getting into the playoffs to sort of catering to, um, Carl Anthony's pending contract, uh, like the bonus situation. Yeah, the bonuses. Yeah, I was just trying to word it.
0: I mean, I don't know if the Timberwolves want to pay him $30 million. No, more why dollars.
1: would the Timberwolves want to <laughs> They're do not campaigning do that. for it,
0: but yeah. I think Carl Anthony Towns is not going to sit any games. He's going to put up 2020 and then they're going to lose, which has been happening the last 10 days or so. So even though his numbers are monstrous, it's not going to result in any wins. And I think this says something about the Timberwolves because they're like, our season's done. We're going to be in the lottery again after making the playoffs for the first time in a very long time last year. It
1: was so exciting. So this
0: is another reset button on their on their uh, rebuild, if you can even call it that, because there's number two, Andrew Wiggins, just hasn't panned out. So what's going to happen moving forward with this team is defined by the lottery now. If they can get somebody who can make an impact, along with Josh Okogie, who looks like a good prospect, they might have something in the bag here. I just don't believe in this roster at all. I don't. Yeah. Apart from Carl Anthony Towns, there's no surety. All right. So pay him $30 million more get him an All-NBA uh, spot, and uh, move on to 2019.
2: He likely will get that All-NBA spot. I mean, I believe just last night he had 33 and 23. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just putting up monster numbers right now.
1: I, I, uh, last week on the pod, I think I I went to bat against him making that uh, All-NBA team, but you know that's neither here nor there. Um, to me, this sort of roster situation is giving me a lot of the Porzingis-Knicks vibes now like they're kind of just you know they made the playoffs and now they're kind of just treading the heels so i'm hopefully they kind of you know kind of reminds me of an ad type of yeah like scenario like it's it is it isn't looking very bright on the horizon for them but that's sort of it for this week in terms of entry pass um i know the guys here really wanted to take a look at some of the other teams in the league and sort of like a where-are-they-right-now sort of thing, like specifically the Celtics, the Rockets, and OKC. So let's start off with
0: the Celtics. I mean, let's break down there where you can see how fluctuating they really are. Because they say that they've put it together. Yep. We believe them a little bit, or some people don't, if you're outside the, the Boston, Massachusetts area. yeah. Uh, ultimately, I don't think they've put it together mainly because there's a lot of turmoil in this in this camp. And after every loss, whether it's bad or good, they come up with a statement saying they're questioning each other. They're saying they're not having fun. I mean, I feel like I, uh, I'm i a broken record at this point. But last night, after they blew a lead to the Charlotte Hornets, who was not a playoff team. Yep. Takemba is a great player, though. Uh, Kyrie came out and questioned pretty much Brad Stevens' defensive tactics at the end, saying that, Sh- he should have been trapped like everybody else, is trapping Kemba. And his right. numbers have been down lately, so teams have done a good job of scheming against him.
2: Right. The rotation was a little, a uh, little wonky as well at the end, where he put in, I believe, uh, Terry Rozier over uh, the guy who's been closing out games for him uh, throughout the season uh, with Marcus Smart. And you know, Marcus Smart is a great uh, defender of guards. You know, maybe if he had put him in the game, it might have been a different story. But again, that's on Brad. And since we're talking about the Celtics, I mean, like their last three games, they've lost. They're on a three-game slide. The, they lost to the Sixers, you know, blowing uh, new hope into the the Philadelphia faithful. Um, you know, Embiid, the most unstoppable player in the league, aka the process, aka Hulu now has live sports, <laughs> aka
0: mayor of Lametown. Town. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too, that too. I mean, he he put that he he put the the work on that team. And well, well, the,
1: the thing, the thing that I sort of wanted to go at, uh, in terms of not really digging at the the Celtics, but just to like food for thought, uh, who did the other loss uh, come to for them this week? Was it the, fi- the Hornets, the fixed.
0: Sixers, and
1: Denver earlier this week, or was
0: I believe it was Denver? We're going to fact check right now, live on the pod.
1: Yeah,
0: but you know, the question comes down to: Should you be questioning your teammates or your coaches out and? in the open like that. I don't think this is something that's... You're right. It was the Nuggets, by the way. Yeah. It shouldn't be out in the open. This should be kept behind closed doors. I mean, people go through these ups and downs in a season. The season's not going to be perfect. So you have to understand that you have to go to the coach and be like, you know, I didn't agree with this play. Why say it in the media? And Kyrie's apologized for these kind of comments before. Like, I'm not a good leader. I haven't been a good leader. This is, again, taking a step back, not being a good leader.
1: Well, I'm gonna, uh, I'm going to answer your question there because I think... In terms of team chemistry, something that gets brought up a lot now is that guys don't talk on the bus. And when, when you know, you kind of have that friend whenever you talk to them, whenever you see them, they just start venting to you even though you're nowhere near that situation. Mm-hmm. That shows to me that they don't have the framework necessary to communicate to each other, right? So Kyrie, no matter how much he says that he is the leader, he doesn't feel that he he doesn't feel comfortable being in the locker room and saying, this is what we need from you. This is what, you know, I expect and, and also have a dialogue about what they expect from him as a person. Right. Like um, in, for that Sixers, that Sixers uh, Celtics game, it's no, to me, it it speaks volumes that Kyrie isn't paying Marcus Smart's fine. You know what I mean? Like, you know, obviously that not every teammate is going to do that for you, but if your star player isn't doing it, that um, in a heavy game where you did lose and that was supposed to be a statement game. It it speaks volumes, at least to me. Uh, And also, thank you for fact-checking, Kevin. The, The Celtics, to me, just seem like a team that is like this era, like the Brad Stevens era, would be for me defined, at least right now, as a team that consistently plays above their heads. And when you get matched with a team that has a better star then you see where the shortcomings are. I don't know if that... If no, see.
0: I completely agree with you in the sense that who should be held accountable for this? Is it Brad Stevens for not creating that atmosphere? Or who appointed Kyrie the leader? I mean, I'm sorry, he's only 26, 27 years old. He just turned 27, actually. His birthday was very the, recently. Yeah. He, he, so
2: That was uh, in the loss.
0: Exactly. Episode. So why is it... That Kyrie is the one accountable for any of this and why is he the leader? I don't understand it. Because he's he's, a, he's not the best that player accomplished. Team, right? but he's not a veteran yet. He's a champion. He's a champion for sure, but he did it with LeBron. That really was LeBron's is. team. And he was a second piece on that team. Exactly. So I mean, that does he really have that kind of a resume to be to be stepping up saying I'm the leader? I mean, why can't Marcus is it Marcus Morris or Marquise Morris? It's Marcus. it's Marcus Morris. Sorry, I was right. So why isn't it Marcus Morris? Why isn't it? I feel like Marcus Smart could be a better leader. I'm sure Big Al is one of their. Yeah, he's as he's well. been in the league for twelve years,
2: and yeah.
1: Kyrie was asking for a veteran presence. And he's, I'm been, like,
2: he's been a one fifth player of the month as well.
1: There we go. Al, Al Horford, for uh, for as much as we malign him for his. Less than impressive resume. He has been in the league in a long time, and was probably before Kyrie and before Gordon Hayward their most touted signing of this of the again. The, yeah, that's the one of their, their biggest
2: um, free agent acquisitions uh, after Gordon Hayward.
0: <laughs> How painful is that for you to say? Four years, hundred and twenty seven million. <laughs> is he is he giving the John Wall contract the run for its money? I don't know, but he celebrated no his birthday with Kyrie yesterday.
1: Uh, well, you know what? They're friends. <laughs> yeah. Kyrie
0: is doing this Kobe thing. It's weird. I don't get it. Like Kobe was isolating his teammates and calling out teammates in in in, in the media. I just don't understand this approach. It's not going to help you down the run, especially because you're so close to the playoffs now. You need to be coming together at this time, not breaking each other apart. Yeah. And I think I feel like he's not a good leader. I mean, I'm just going to say. this. I feel there's... like
2: we've been talking about this, uh, this 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 team and the and you know how how bad it's been what you know what type of season they've been having all year you know cuz like,
0: they're an enigma they put it together then they start we thought we were going to
2: see them rise you know it's been a goddamn <laughs> <cost> crisis
0: <laughs> in boston kevin's been saving money. kevin's been waiting yeah, for it to yeah. bring yeah. that out for a while yeah all right so we're going to move on from the Celtics yeah, because for sure. as kevin said you know we've kind of we've kind of ran this topic yeah, to the it's, ground it, it's yeah. the yips of this like year, the Celtics and, season right yeah.
2: 67 and 15 so that, a was
0: that was Bill Simmons' uh, prediction. Preview of the season, yeah.
1: Okay, so the next, uh, you know, just sort of to check in with this team is the Houston Rockets because, you know, James Harden is having an MVP caliber season. We're not, debating, God. We're not debating that. <laughs> He's right?
0: averaging 37.
2: thirty-six-five. If you round it up, it's 37 now. Eh?
1: Um, yeah. And- I
2: believe right now at this point, if he averages 40.1 points per game yes. for the rest of the season, he can surpass um, Michael Jordan's. Thirty-seven point one point per game season.
0: So there's a reason why he says he doesn't want his load managed.
2: No, he he, he don't. He, you know his load does not need to be managed. No.
1: But, but here's the thing, though. We, he we, lets
0: that load out all over his opponents.
2: But oh, we my talk God. About, can
1: you please stop with this? But, but talk, in windows. Yeah, we should talk about this load. This this player rest because it is player rest. We'll just call it player rest for today. Because um, for James Harden, his story. Uh, and his leadership of the Rockets has been maligned with him burning out in the playoffs. So he's having, again, a, like one could say a back-to-back MVP caliber season. Uh, at the rate they're playing at now, they are a much deeper team thanks to Daramori's moves. But do you think he burns out maybe in the second round? Like, nah, he's got Daniel House back on the back on the team. Daniel House. <laughs> the one person you
0: needed Austin, give me that bump. Oh, Austin, Austin Rivers, Rivers? Ken you Creed, go. you name it, man. They're PJ Tucker has been uh, PG Tucker's been defensive stalwart. So I don't know. I mean, do you understand how hard it is to to win in this league? It, yes. it really is, right? Yeah. So when you look at it, he's dropped 30 against every single NBA team. Like, how crazy are he's his numbers? He's had
2: multiple 50-point 50 games. He's 50 he had
0: eight 50-point games. Eight. He has two 60-point games this season. The only other people to drop 50 this season are Derrick Rose and Kemba Walker. Yeah, that's it.
1: Both on both teams, notably not in the playoffs. <laughs>
0: exactly. So, what does this say about his MVP case? Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, let's, let's bring that it. into to the mix. Do you think this helps his cause a little bit that his load isn't being managed and he's going for that completely?
2: You think what? So, I I, I think what separates James Harden um, in this conversation is just the fact that he's doing this so consistently, and he and and for his MVP case in that time where Chris Paul and Capella were both hurt. He carried that team to these much needed victories. They wouldn't be this high of a seed right now if it weren't for James Harden putting the team on his back and bringing them there. They the, were at once 13th uh in the West
0: this season. Like they climbed all the way up to 3. Yeah, Chris this. Paul was out for those 17 games yeah. and they went 12 and 5. Yeah. And that was a great see, that's a great point for his MVP case. I think that 17 game window was the key. I think that seals it. And right now
2: With uh, with Giannis having sat out a couple games, and he the 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 offensive clinic he's been putting on, I think he's he's making a case to to stamp, you know, make make sure it's a lock that he's MVP. If you had a
0: vote like Rachel Nichols does, who would you vote for?
2: I would say uh I'm voting for for James Harden
1: and I'd actually vote for him. Ah, Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good. There you go. Living up
0: to your word. That's nice. Exactly. Unlike Rachel Nichols. We yeah, we don't lie on this podcast.
1: I that's a tough one cuz honestly honestly my you guys know my my criteria for voting record is fairly clear with with the Bucks being the one seed and and Giannis actually in my opinion taking the leap. It's it's for me it's fairly close but in terms of like you know, most valuable player and sort of like the James, uh, the LeBron James criteria of like if I wasn't on this team, where would this team be? It's pretty, you know, it is pretty compelling for for James Harden's case. I would take a second look at it, but I'm again still um, leaning towards the picking Giannis in the East.
0: Like to his point, I think it's very valid because if you take Giannis out of the game, he's he's been hurt a little bit recently, mm-hmm. and when you remove him, they lose. Almost all the time. I mean, right. I'm not saying Chris Middleton isn't good. I'm not saying Eric Bledsoe doesn't take over. It's just they don't have enough juice, and the system is built in a way where it's around Giannis. Like it's like the LeBron blueprint, right? Yeah. You have like shooters around you, and you just drive, kick, or finish. That's all they do, right? So defensively, he's so important offensively, he's pretty much the cog in that machine. So when you remove him, that team falls apart. So that's a great point, too. So I think this MVP race is going to be really, really close because both those players removed from their teams, they're not the same roster. They really aren't. Of
1: course not, yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah. now at least we can definitively say it's between two people. Yeah. Uh, Paul George is kind of taking a back seat, right?
1: Yeah, but it's it's interesting. It's, it's good that you brought up Paul George because I think – um you wanted to have a new segment where we really focused with them as the test bed for
0: this deep in the queue we're we're paying homage to uh the 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 skeleton of the Cleveland Cavaliers whatever's left behind in LeBron's dust yeah uh so we're going to ask the big question bigger picture let's go deep dive into Oklahoma City Thunder season and how it's how they were probably the the challenger to Golden State looking like two weeks ago before Paul George got injured and now they've lost a bunch of games So what's really happening with this team? I mean, they recently had a good win against the Raptors, against a solid team, without Kyle Lowry, let's mention that. So previously, they've been losing a lot. So what really has to happen for this team to have playoff success? Because we're so close now. There's there's not a lot of time to put it all together again.
2: I think it's a bad answer, but I think this is actually what what they need, and they're going to need some load management. (laughs) I'm going to say this right now, because Paul George looks like he's kind of hurting out there. Uh his shoulder's been taped up with that really cool looking tape um but his shot hasn't been um as hot as it was earlier in the season, so I think they need to strategically give th- these guys a little bit of rest going into the playoffs just to kind of you know allow them to
0: play better i don't think i don't think Westbrook needs to be to be managed because Westbrook's efficiency is just really off. And it's always been that way. Even though he puts up those triple-doubles, he's going to average triple-double again for the third straight season. It's ridiculous again. But when you look at those numbers, when you look at the seeding, if Paul George sits and they lose, do you think (laughs) that they want that eighth seed? Do you think they care where they land? Because if he rests, obviously they're going to lose a little little bit. Whatever games are left now, 10-11, not more than that. Let's say they manage Paul George's load. I, I hate putting it that way again. Uh, what happens to this team down the stretch? Do they lose a little bit of games
2: um i don 't think they they 're going to lose enough to fall out of seating. Uh I think their best hope is to just stay um above sixth uh,
1: really yeah because uh, that um Mahaj and I before prior to the part we were talking a little bit about that and you mentioned it that denver that Denver matchup because I think you know um Something that people overlook is that Billy Donovan is still the coach of this team. <laughs> and and he um he kind of has a way of unlocking the best defensive capabilities of that team at at times. It's spotty at best. But I think in a in a series with Denver, who is still young and untested for the most part, they, they I would give them the star power edge and the sort of just cohesive identity as a team to 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 win that series even without home court wow that's a great point it, it is a good point uh my counterpoint to that is we're talking about the number
2: one seed in the western conference there you go yeah that's true my god that that's a killer team number one home record i think they're 30 and six they are so yeah. given the, the fact that that um denver has the best home court advantage in all of sports proven by sports science um I I think ha- them having home court throughout the playoffs is going to play a big role and I think that whoever they come up against in the first round at least at least the first round I think they're going to you know put the work on.
1: Okay.
0: So can I do a counterpoint to a counterpoint?
1: Yeah, sure. Sure. We're, so we're, the we're 30
0: the right. 30 and 6 at home, but they're 19 and 16 away. Right. So let's say that OKC okay, so steals a game in Denver. I like their chances. And you know what? This is a, a very old and washed-up argument, but they haven't really proven anything in the playoffs. This is the first time they're going to be making the playoffs. So maybe that animal comes back to bite them when it really matters because Jokic hasn't been in that position before. I mean, I know that it's it's a stupid argument, but it could come back to haunt them down the road when it's a Game 6 or a Game 7, and he hasn't been in that situation before. When Paul George has, Westbrook has a little bit more experience to to perform in those clutch moments. Uh, and what,
2: what kind of experience does uh,
0: Westbrook and Paul
2: George have? In <laughs> these least, kind of moments. Uh, at <laughs> least Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals, you
0: know, more than Jokic, I would say, right? Yeah, so yeah. my point is, is 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 a better matchup Denver or is a better matchup Portland? Because right now they sit in the fifth spot and they will be matched up against Portland. Uh, definitely Portland. Yeah, he's saying Portland. Yeah. I I'm, I have a toss up between Denver and Portland. I take either one of those teams. Wow. Well, you guys are really non-believers, eh?
1: Well, no, I, I I like Denver. It's just that it's one of those... I'm sorry, TJ McBride. <laughs> it's it's just... the It's not that the West is weak. It's just that the plateau is so even. Like, in, in between teams. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it isn't as stratified as it is in the East. So, I... I... Okay, you guys will come to the Church of Jokic soon. <laughs> it's true, it's true. We might. Um... Yeah, I I just really don't know what what's more to say because they they're such a they're the reason we're talking even just thinking about OKC and their potential playoff scenarios is because again, they're they're a team that can play above their heads when they need to, but they also at times can just completely drop the ball and and it is like I really don't know what the answer is unfortunately like i'm just gonna to be like,
0: yeah you know what when you look at portland's roster when cj went down the bigger question was who can step up as a second man because when cj does come back we don't know if he's going to be fully healthy to go at the the capabil, the capabilities that he has been going at it for the for the last what three years that this core has been together that we've been saying that cj and dame uh will take this team a little bit higher than they than they have in the past, because they've kind of had those worst uh, playoff losses that we kind of have...
1: Well, you don't forget those, right? Like They they did get swept last year.
0: They did, and I think game planning against Dame and CJ has been easy in the past. So is that ghost going to come back to haunt them again in the playoffs this year? Because CJ might not be back at full strength, like I said before. So, I mean, who can they rely on when it comes to uh, playoff buckets, because it's not the same as regular season. When you're game planning against a team, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. You can completely take out the second or third option. Uh, or you can trap Dame, which has not always been feasible to do because he's so good. Yeah. He's an all-NBA guard. But when you don't have a second guy, you can easily take out the first guy, and then who are you relying on? Nurkic? Uh,
2: you, you say easy like it's an easy thing to do. Uh, Dame is... People have tried to stop him before. I mean last year it did work. They had Drew Holiday, which is a which inter- helps. Interesting matchup. <laughs> which helps. First team all defense Drew Holiday. So I mean that that series kind of leaves us thinking of Dame and and, and um the entire Trailblazers in a in kind of a, a bad light, right? But yeah. I still think, you know yes. Dame Lillard is still a killer. If you and put Paul George so on
0: Dame Lillard, you don't think you can stop him? Paul
2: George
1: for the whole game on the it, three, on like a one three like switch, yeah it's, it's... Paul
0: George can fight over screens so if Nurkic is setting those those hard screens Paul George is one guy who can who can come out of it in good shape and I don't then... know man if you don't have that second option yeah Paul George just locking in on Dame the entire series that's not good news for Dame.
2: Russell Westbrook's been playing some pretty good defense
0: too this year. OKC okay, is a really scary defensive unit. They're really good. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, that's what's on. gonna happen. I think I'm leaning towards your Portland thing. He you changed yeah. your mind. I changed my mind like midway yeah. talking through this. you rather
1: you'd rather have them match up with Portland?
0: See, Denver has so many options. Yeah. Like, you never know what good game like where it's gonna come from. Where, right. Whether it's, whether so it's Millsap, whether it's I mean Barton's been kind of kind of weird this season. Gary yeah. Harris is been always, on and off. He's always. But you Millsap's been put it together. And if you have Jokic and Millsap going at it together, maybe Isaiah gives you, a, even though he's out of the rotation, they have so many weapons that, that Portland just doesn't have. I, I don't believe in any guys on that Portland roster. Not even Jake Lehman? No, I don't. Fake Lehman. Eh? No. <laughs> you thought of that on the spot, yeah, <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> That's a good one. I don't believe in more Harkless or Aminu or Evan Turner. No, it's I, kind of... I just don't.
1: Evan Turner is a notorious, uh, one of those, like, or poor, poor contracts picked up former Celtics Yeah, former Celtic pickups like
0: Maybe Enos Cantor has a has a good game. I just don't know where the Portland scoring is going to come from if you trap if you trap Dame. He's
2: going to go get against a uh, former stash bro.
1: Was it yeah, I think for for Portland their margin of error is thinner. Like it, it literally is like Dame has to have a perfect game.
0: Yeah, uh, even CJ has been streaky this year too. He yeah. hasn't been himself, so we don't know what what product we're going to get on the floor in the playoffs. Ultimately, when we look at this OKC season, we were talking about them as the number one rival or number one uh, threat to the Warriors early on. Are we still in the same position or can we say that Houston has surpassed them? Oh, somewhere? Houston Rockets. Yeah, you're going to say Houston, eh? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah,
1: yeah it, it, is, it is weird because I think, you know, and, you know... Time will probably show me to be a fool in this scenario where I'm going to say Golden State has never looked more vulnerable, and then they're just going to kill everybody. But, <laughs> but I think I think Houston does have the edge over OKC in this in this uh, in this sense. But if seating, uh, you know, if OKC gets a matchup with Golden State somewhere earlier, I don't know if that is if that is even possible in this in the standings right now. They might they might be able to to surprise us. But, OKC, okay, again, Houston has the edge
0: Because Houston has been, I don't think, this is one of those years that I'd rather not face Houston if I'm, if I'm like the 6th seed or the 7th seed. I'd rather be jockeying for that 7th spot. I know it's kind of weird to say that you don't want to climb up in standings, but I don't want to get Houston in the first round. You don't want to be that 6th seed this year because I think they're on a tear now. They got hot when it mattered. So I'd rather face, I'm sorry, I'd rather face Denver than Houston right yeah, now.
2: That's fine. I mean, uh, for sure.
0: And Houston at home is twenty-seven and ten. Like they're yeah, no, they're, they're a, a killer a at home. Yeah, they're. A and if Chris team. Paul's healthy, which he has been, no, I mean, kidding. knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, one of these things you don't bank on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not putting money on this. I'm just saying if it happens, there are more. Has, they're though. scary. They're scary.
2: They're a scary team. They are though. No, for sure. Capella's been playing out of his mind as well lately. After that. Um, injury he he came back a little slow but he's he's fully back up to speed
1: every time i look at that roster i'm just so amazed at how they like literally like that's the thing with going back again to houston like they rebuilt themselves while they were falling like that to me is insane
2: and while they were falling they weren't even really falling cuz james harden carried them
0: yeah to like, wins so one more question i have that i recently thought of while we were talking about all this is that OKCCC, is it a lost season if they lose in the first round, do you think? Because, I mean, look oh, at it, look at it this way. and I'm going to make that uh, argument against it. Is that, you know, Paul George and Westbrook are locked in until 22-23. Yeah. And then you have a young roster. Steven Adams is 25. Uh, Andre Roberson is 27. Uh, uh, Schroeder is 25. So they have a really young roster. And they have two stars locked in. So does this... I don't think this season is... All that matters because they're set for the next four years, and they can add people or yeah, you know, actually, work the
2: roster around. So you have a point. You That's a point. actually very interesting. Yeah.
0: So you, do you know what I'm saying? Like Houston, their stars are getting older. Chris Paul's window is shrinking, so they have more at stake than maybe OKC does at the end. It's true. Like, do you know? Do you know what I'm getting at? Houston yeah. might be
2: able to, you know, let's let's say they went on a 2011 Mavs-esque run, you know, led by led by Harden or something.
0: Yeah, see, that's where the load management comes in because I think I'm afraid that he might get gas in the end, even though he's in he's in better shape okay, this year. Ma-
2: Manu's retired; he doesn't have to worry <laughs> about <anything.
1: laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it's so interesting because, like, last season, I don't think I don't think Sam Presti thinks about it in that way, which is like like you know, successes uh, success depends on your frame of reference, right? So. The window, the window for them is maybe one year larger than Houston's. I don't like for me. I like to think of teams having you know playoff windows, and, and Daryl Morey has timed Houston's window to be this. Well, it was last year, this year, and probably next year, depending on what happens with Golden State. Right?
0: Yeah, so it's a very smart GM against smart GM. Yeah. Even though they're not really going head to head, but I feel like those are the three top teams in the West, no disrespect to Denver again. I just have to see them in the playoffs a little bit more to solidify that, you know, upper echelon West threat. Yeah. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, you're right because uh, Sam Presti kind of put this roster together as a win now. Almost as much as a rebuild roster. Yeah. Because they have two really good players on their team who can win you games on any given night as they've displayed. But also, they have so many weaknesses when guys went, go down because they put out uh, an average product sometimes in Patrick Patterson or Hamadou Diallo, Like, you know, they have those yeah. role players that kind of feel weird, not a place. But maybe in the next year or so, they can figure out those moves and make it a more complete roster because now we know that we have the two stars locked in going forward. Do you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's. I think. I think their their moves in the off season. Not that this season is done, but that their window is actually like the next, probably next season, and then this season after that.
0: You're right. You're right. Yeah. So this concludes our uh, uh, deep in the queue segment. We broke down Oklahoma City Thunder season, and we appreciate you sticking around. So I'm going to hand it over to Richard, who's
1: going to close us out. Yeah. So that's it for this week's edition of Back to the Basket podcast. Feel free to engage with us wherever you engage on social media. You'll find all of our info in the show notes. Uh, and remember to get us wherever you get your favorite podcasts be it iTunes, Google Pods, or Spotify. Please get us that blue check mark. And remember, we may have our backs to the basket, but we'll never turn our backs on our fans.
0: Bye! Hey. Bye.